Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. It's lovely to be with you this morning. Um, Can I add my welcome to the welcome you've already had? My name's Natalie. I'm one of the vicars here, and it's a privilege to think about this psalm of praise together with you this morning. Uh, I would encourage you to leave your Bibles open, um, but let's start by praying, shall we? Father God, as we consider your word to us this morning, would you open our hearts to this message of praise? of praise, honour and reverence. May we capture all that your Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us individually. Come, Holy God, transform us by the mighty power of your word. Amen. Now, as David mentioned, we've got a psalm sermon series, and there are going to be seven. And psalms have been sung and shared across the generations of faith. Their poems, their prayers, sometimes their tears and sometimes their testimony, but always they're deeply valued as God's voice in scripture. And we're gonna look at a whole range of them. We're gonna start, we're we're thinking today about praise, but we're gonna lament, we're gonna offer thanksgiving, We're going to remember, we're going to think about how we build faith confidence and hear God's wisdom and his kingship. But as we approach this particular psalm, and maybe it's quite apt for this week, um, do you know anyone who you regard as a bit of a weather geek? like who's really seriously into their weather. And I ask this with a bit of trepidation because I know um, weather watching is a bit of a national obsession, isn't it? We get a bit excited about weather. And um, there might be some amongst you who are especially excited about the weather at the moment, bearing in mind some of us are gonna be under canvas next week. Hands up those who are going to New Wine. Have you packed your welly boots? Okay, fair enough. Enough said. Now, I know someone who I regard as a little bit of a weather geek, and I suspect in the grand scale of things, he's probably somewhere at a novice level rather than a fully qualified meteorologist level. But my husband in our house has books about clouds, literally books about clouds. Um, He's interested and thoughtful and considered if sometimes slightly geekish. And now I mention this because weather, when you look at a satellite image, zoomed out from an amazing distance, this weather that's part of our day-to-day life that affects whether we wear walking boots, welly boots, or sliders, can seem quite beautiful. Can we have our next slide, please? I mean, look at that. You can see the land. You can see like where there's different weather going on. And it's a beautiful image of Europe that I took um, from a site this week. And you can see the earth, you can see how stunning it is. But when you zoom in for a closer look, as we've read in our psalm, weather can be powerful 
and disruptive. Now, this particular slide doesn't especially show the impact of the Gulf Stream that's been having in Europe. If you zoom in even closer on one particular day of this week, there was one example where wildfires in Greece resulted in 1,200 children being evacuated from a summer camp that they were at. You know, weather can be powerful. And I wonder if sometimes when we come before Scripture, we do the same thing. We zoom in and zoom out really quickly. So maybe when we come to this psalm today, we either read the opening two and closing two verses of our psalm, and if so, then we naturally are drawn to praise. Um, But sometimes, do you find that you drift towards certain parts of a passage and hook in with them, which is great, but not always. Because praise in this psalm, if you held on to just the middle verses, you'd wonder where the praise is. If you just look at the storm of destruction verses in our reading, you might wonder how we've tagged this as a psalm of praise. But if we consider the whole thing, how do we keep praise as our response to God when there's an almighty, next slide please, an almighty storm going on? There you go, that's my storm slide. How do we reconcile this introduction to adore God and a conclusion to enthrone God with the middle of our psalm that's full of destruction and storm. It's like, it's like a sandwich when you don't really fancy the filling. Has anyone ever had that? When you've got a sandwich, maybe your husband or your wife or somebody else has bought you a sandwich and you look at it and you go, yeah, I like cheese, I like ham, but I really don't like mustard. It's that kind of psalm. We've got praise going on at either end, but we're not quite sure what to do with what's in the middle. Within this mighty storm in verses 3 to 9, seven times the word, the voice of the Lord, is mentioned. The voice of the Lord, seven times. So where else in our Bible do we hear the voice of the Lord over seven days? Who else went straight to creation? Anybody? Do I get any nods? I get some waves, yeah. Absolutely. We link with that creation story where we hear of seven days of voices speaking, the days when God formed and shaped and created this world. You might also have made the connection with the beginning of John chapter 1, where where Jesus is described as being right at the centre of creation. He's called the Word right at the beginning of all that began. And reading these seven verses, we witness a storm, not of creation, but a storm of destruction. And it begins out, literally as this image represents, out in the sea, and when the storm hits the land, mighty trees that we read elsewhere in the Bible are fit to build God's temple, are dashed to pieces. Mountains and the desert shake literally by the power of God's voice. And the storm finishes in verse 9 with our next slide. When the forest is decimated, the people in the temple all cry glory. Now if the mountains and the desert around me 
and the seas and the storm and the trees had been shaken, I'm not sure that my first word would have been glory. But I wonder if that's glory at the wonder and the might and the power of God, a glory that knocks you and I to our knees in repentance, not just for the things that we do wrong in our day-by-day life, but for our part in the wider state of the world. And I wonder if this was the intent of the writer of this psalm by adding storm to the midst of a psalm of praise, because it helps us think about how we approach and address an awesome God. We shouldn't come casually before an awesome, mighty God. We should approach God in wonder, just as the verses at the beginning of our psalm invite us to. We, come to, we don't come to worship to get something from God. We come to give ourselves in to worship and to praise God. Our psalm begins with some of these words. O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. O worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. This is a kind of praise that starts and ends with us on our knees before God. And as we begin to praise God in his glory, his strength and his holiness, I wonder what happens inside of us. And I have another connected scripture with this particular passage. And I wonder if it helps us dig a little deeper into how we respond to this psalm. This other passage that's often linked with Psalm 29 moves us from creation and the start of the big plan, that seven days of spoken creation, to the hinge point, the place where things change in God's big story. It's about Jesus incarnate, Jesus in the world, Jesus as a man touching the soil of our earth. In some churches where they follow a set pattern of reading the Bible over three years, this psalm that we're reading today is read on the same day as Mark chapter 1, where Jesus is baptised. Now, if you zoom out in the big picture, you're thinking, how do they link Psalm 29 with Jesus being baptized. But look again when you get home at Mark chapter 1. Jesus witnesses literally heaven being torn open. It's like a storm. The Spirit comes and again there's a voice and the voice speaks with the power and authority that can knock down trees. But he says instead, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. This particular baptism isn't a polite greeting ritual with suits and pretty dresses and a party afterwards. This baptism and every baptism since is a full-on engagement with evil through the awesome and mighty power of God. You'd be better off turning up in your battle dress than in a pretty white dress. Baptism is a full-on engagement with evil through the awesome and mighty power of God. Because our baptisms, which follow what Jesus invites us to do, is heaven torn open in the face of sin and the wonder of God's love 
wins out over death and destruction. And I wonder if that's what's being said through Psalm 29, because in verse 10 we read that God sits enthroned in our psalm over the flood. God is the one who out of the waters of destruction, out of the storm, can bring all things new. In the chaos of the waters, new life is shaped at God's will and command. Just as in baptism, we symbolically and literally put to death the sin in our own lives. As people come out of the water or a baby is is baptised with a sprinkle of water, that is when the only victory that's possible is claimed. The victory of Jesus winning our salvation in place of God's righteous judgment. The unfathomable thing about these storm verses is that having broken to pieces trees that have been growing for centuries and the ground being shaken, there's still a worshipping community there at the end of the storm. And that community finishes with the word glory. In the face of such destruction, how do you get to the word glory? I believe this psalm is inviting us to recognize that whatever storms and threats we face, God can still accomplish his mighty plans. Which is why having opened with praise and an acknowledgement of who God is, having seen God as present throughout the storm, this psalm closes with one word. It closes with the word peace. It closes with the word shalom. In verse 10, we read, God is king forever. God is the one who gives us strength and blesses his people with peace. In verse 11, in seeing God through this psalm, we find peace at its close. Shalom basically means wholeness. It means a completeness. And at its extent of its meaning, it means peace. Peace comes despite the storm. God is just as present as we approach him in worship on our knees. He is present in storms when the only thing we can cry is glory, despite what surrounds us. And he is present bringing us peace and strength. We come to God with what we can bring, which is simply ourselves as we are. Now, I don't know if you've spotted this as you've glanced through the psalm, but in our Bibles, literally sometimes the word Lord is in capital letters. And if we can have our next slide, please. I'm not expecting you to read this. But can you see the colour difference? The word the Lord, the word Yahweh, the word we use to say God's name, in itself is written 18 times in this short psalm. And that's why I've highlighted it in red. So you can spot how many times Yahweh, the Lord, is the centre of what the psalmist is saying. I think sometimes when we come to praise, literally, Lord is all we have the capacity to say. But that in itself is a conscious decision of praise. I wonder sometimes if we approach our worship and our time with God with platitudes, with words that are spoken without heart or mind intent, 
But the cry of this psalm is to come before God with reverence and honor. When we encounter that which is holy, we recognize it as something that without Jesus we have no part of. Holiness is separate from who we are. Yet somehow, when we humble ourselves before the holiness of God, that holiness that comes from God indwells within us. It becomes part of who you and I are. God literally puts his beauty, his holiness into us so that we become beautiful and holy. To praise God in the midst of the storms of our world and in the midst of the storms in our lives makes us beautiful in a way that God is beautiful. So come to God with the dirt and the pain and the storms of sin that you face, expectant that his victory will be seen because in this psalm he offers you strength and peace. In our final slide, I've got some ideas about what that actually might look like for you. These images hopefully pick up some of my suggestions. But you and God will need to work out which one of these images, which one of these thoughts is the one that you are holding on to from this psalm for you and God this week. Come to church on time because we long to be praising God and serving in his house for every possible minute that we can. Approach God on your knees because we know he is holy and due our praise. In your mind, arrive on Sunday with battle dress, not Sunday best. It's not a literal dressing. It's a who you are as you come before God. He is the one who makes all things new, even within storms that seem destructive. So come with heart and mind intent. Approach God with the mindset that you join in, literally with his way, with his direction. Even when you feel like God is going in a direction that you don't want to go in. Ascribe to God glory, strength, the honour that's due his name each time you turn your heart and mind towards him. Whether that's here in church or as you take time to ponder and pray. Give God the real storms in life, not the insignificant things. Now each of our storms, you and I, will have different ones. But bring the real deep stuff before God the stuff that we don't want to name. Pride, anger, envy, impurity, gluttony, whatever it is for you, bring the real guts of it because God is big enough to be there with you in the midst of that. Each day we live with a full-on engagement with evil. So can we arrive at the start of each day praising God because we depend on his awesome and mighty power to bring us to the end of the day in a place of peace. Our act of praise is to ascribe to our God worship, and in doing so, we get to witness his awesome ability to bring new life in the face of storms,
to indwell and make us more beautiful, to clothe us with his holiness. We, like this psalm of praise, get the opportunity to start and finish with God, even as he travels with us through the storms. So you pick, which is your image that you're taking from today, from this psalm? What of that, those thinkings, those meanderings have resonated with you? Let's um, pause and pray and maybe the musicians can start making their way up. Lord God, would you look into our hearts, we pray, where our worship sometimes is insincere or limited. May your Holy Spirit open our minds and our hearts for more of you. Where we see storms within ourselves, would you strengthen us to face them with you? Where we know just a glimpse of your glory with us, would you bless us with that whole unending shalom peace? To the glory of your name we pray. Amen.